This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Hopeland Church, and I am ready to minister the word here. We are diving into part five of the gray areas. We're concluding this series today, and um, we're going to be diving into the false identity of gift versus gift and talent. Okay, um, we've covered a lot this month. I encourage you to go back and listen to them again, watch them again, uh, just to really get this this word down in you. Um, I hope you enjoyed our worship today, and and I pray that you. Uh, get ministered to through the word. So let me pray for you. And then we're going to jump into the word of God today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the ministry of your word going into the hearts and minds of people today. We thank you, God, that it is the entrance of your word that gives light. And it is the engrafted word that's able to save our soul. And it is the seed of the word that's planted on the good soil of our heart that produces fruit in our life. So I pray that that happens today for everybody that is listening to this word today. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen. All right, let's do this, folks. We're gonna jump right in. I'm gonna read a pretty big portion of scripture. I'm just gonna read through it, and then we're gonna go back and walk through it slowly. So I'm gonna read through it, and then we're gonna walk through it slowly. So here we go. John chapter 13 Verses 1 to 16. We're going to read 16 verses. I'm going to go right in here. We're going to read this word, and then we're going to dive into this. So once again, uh, just to reiterate, we're going to talk about the false identity of gift and talent. What am I saying? If you haven't been in our prior gatherings or listened to the other podcasts, um, we've been talking about false identity, the gray areas. And when uh, we place our identity... Um, or our self-worth in the gift and ability and the talent even that God has given us. It can create havoc and trouble in our lives and even sin in our lives because we're placing identity in something that's even from God, but we're placing our identity in something other than Him. And so um, I hope this really ministers to you today. So once again, false identity, gift, and talent. So here we go. John chapter 13, starting in verse 1. Here we go. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he would depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Verse two, and supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Verse three, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that He had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the tail with which he was girded. Verse six, then he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. 
but you will know after this. Verse eight, Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, I, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Verse 10, Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean and you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, you are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? Verse 13, you call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. Verse 14, if I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Verse 17, if you know, I said to verse 16, but it's actually verse 17. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. All right, there we go. We're gonna talk about this, all right? We are gonna talk about this. Father, we thank you for your word. And so here it is. Um, with reference to gift, a, a talent, a calling, uh, the authority God has given you, the influence God has given you, the open doors God has given you, those are all tied to gift and talent and calling and all that good stuff, right? And those are all good things, but our identity should not be placed on them. Okay, so we're gonna just look at Jesus here, okay? And how he who is Lord of all, master, um, and how he approaches, how he used his influence, how he used his authority, okay? And so let's look at this here. We've been talking a lot about identity, okay, this month, especially the last few Sundays, and really trying to our best to bring light to false identities. And, and so we could know that, okay, only Jesus can truly complete me, can truly uh, satisfy me, hold me together, and can truly tell me and show me who I am, where I'm from, where I'm going, and why am I here? Only God can do that, okay? So here we go, let's look at like just Jesus as our example and his relationship with the Father, okay? So let's look at verse three again, okay? Now we're gonna kind of walk through this a little slowly, okay? But let's look at verse three, John chapter 13, verse three. Jesus, okay, uh, knowing, 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 knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. Knowing, okay? Um, and, and that he had come from God and was going to God. Okay, so before Jesus stepped in to serve his disciples, there was this um, explicit um, foundation that he knew who he was. Now, Jesus, 100% God, 100% man, and here he is. And before he rose up from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself and began to serve, his disciples, wash their feet, 
he knew, it says knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. This is who I am. And that, and that he had come from God and was going to God. Like He's like, man, God answers where I'm from, who I am now, and where I'm going. And because of that, that established him right there. That, that when we are established in our identity in Christ, who he says we are, who he shows we are, when we read the scriptures and the, and the word of God, by, by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, God speaks to you who you are. You are then empowered to serve others with your gifts and your talents, okay? So here is my first point, is that secure people serve people. Secure, Jesus was secure in his identity. He was sure of his relationship with the Father. And so what this tells you is serving others is not self-deprecating. Serving others um, is, is, does no damage to our psyche, to our self-worth, to who we are. S serving others is what Jesus modeled and did, and it took nothing away from who he really was, okay? And he chose to do this. All right. And so once again, serve, secure people, serve people. And I'll even say it this way. I'm going to add a word to that. But secure people serve people well. Um, I, you know, I've been pastoring for a minute now, you know, um, and, and just seeing even in the context of church, um, those that um, even in local church community that serve the best, and, and serve um, in, in, in longevity and are faithful. It's not just, oh, they're hard workers or they quote unquote love to serve. It's that they're secure in who they are. When, when somebody steps into serving and they have, they have um, a explicit shakiness in, in their identity in Christ, um, it's very difficult to serve. It, it's, it, it doesn't flow well. It, it, it doesn't last. Okay. And so, and so, hey, look, as a pastor, man, I like, you know, we, 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 we love to see people serving, right? I mean, just from practical reasons of, you know, getting, you know, the help to, to, to build what God's called us to build. I mean, people serving is everything. Like our serve team, I mean, it's everything. I understand that in life. Finding a place for people to serve, finding their gifts, fulfilling God's purpose. Yes, but I'm telling you right now, man, uh, you, you got you got to make sure, you got to work on who you are, knowing who you are in Christ, because that must be the foundation of serving others. Once again, uh, secure people serve people well. All right, so... When you know who you are and whose you are, like that, that was the foundation. It's the, 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 the scripture, there's no coincidence. It just isn't thrown together here. This, this word, God's word, the, the gospel of John is God breathed. I mean, there's intentionality in God showing that Jesus knew this. God, the Father's put everything into my hands. I came from him, I'm going to him. And based on that, that foundation, that truth, 
of the love of the Father for him, he rose up and served. All right? So, so when we're insecure and shaky in our identity, serving others is very difficult and it doesn't last. Okay? So Jesus was so secure in who he was that he willingly did the menial tasks with confidence. Once again, our identity isn't based on the task. Our identity isn't based on what we do. Our identity is not based on what we're called to do. Our identity is based on God himself that we were created in the image of God and our identity is based on who he is and who he has said that we are in him, all right? So so knowing, here it is uh, in the Greek, this is what it means, this is what it means in the Greek, this word knowing, it says Jesus, this is verse three, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, knowing that he had come from God, knowing that he was going to God, Praise God. He knew. He knew. What does that mean? To be aware, he understood, and he was able to perceive. Okay? He was able to perceive. So, so here it is. This was, this was menial. This kind of thing Jesus did is not what rabbis did. It's not what leaders did. This was not, because if you even think about this, Jesus, and we're going to get into this, he had to take his garment off. Okay, so the garment Jesus was wearing was actually something that would inhibit his ability to do that. Um, it's his undergarment that servants slash slaves, bond slaves, would wear only because they were doing that kind of stuff. And so um, here is Jesus. He, he is king and Lord, yet he positioned himself to serve. So here it is. Don't live life to associate with cool people, right? Let's live to serve the other people, whatever the other people are. I mean, this is what Jesus did, right? He put himself in the place of the other people, right? He did, okay? So um, this is this is pretty, pretty awesome uh, that happened this past Sunday. Those of you that are online, you wouldn't know this because it was in person, but... We had a lot going on. We had an amazing gathering. We, we gave away over 30 skateboards, um, really got to reach and, and, and serve and bless our local community, families and kids. It was amazing to do that. So there was a lot going on. But even in that, I mean, we showed up. I mean, it's just, it, you know, before church, kind of like getting things done, uh, organizing, making sure everybody's good, stuff like that. So we're relatively busy. But somebody had come into our building uh, on this past Sunday morning, and they're homeless. This uh, this lady, she wasn't too old either, and she struggled with addiction. And I, I talked to her, you know, and she mentioned to me the particular um, vice she dealt with, and she hadn't used in a couple days, but homeless and just needed somewhere to sit down. So um, Moses, one of our leaders, Moses Chavaria, and my wife just really. I mean, they had stuff to do as well, but they really just stepped in, figured out, you know, some what, you know, we, you know, obviously gave her some water and snacks, I believe. And she just sat in here. She was literally pre-service, like literally sleeping on our couch, which is right behind the camera here as we're recording. Um, 
and they also went out of their way to to, to find out um, a place she could go, like a mission, somewhere to live, like housing. You know what I mean? I had to call around, found a spot. The spot said, yo, she needs to get COVID tested first. So then they looked up and found a... Um, um, a rapid COVID site, and then they worked out. And we got her an Uber, got her sent. So, and, and she was able to hang out with us. But the, the the whole point of it is, is that that right there, they were washing this woman's feet, right? They were washing her feet. And it really just blessed me that even in the midst of everything we were doing, they found time to serve this woman. Beautiful. Here we go. A couple of different verses here I want to share uh, along with this, but Proverbs chapter 16, verses 19, it says, better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud, right? Gifts and talents aren't for us. If you're gifted and you're talented, it's for somebody else. The apostle Paul used this language a couple of times in the letters, and he said in one of them that um, the grace of God given to me for you. So whatever grace is on your life, whatever influence God has given you, whatever authority God has given you, whatever platform God has given you, whatever anointing God has given you, that's not for you. It is given to you for somebody else. It's the grace of God on your life so you can serve others with it. That is the point of gifts and talents. The gift is given by grace to you, but it's for somebody else, all right? So once again, check this one out. Romans chapter 12, verse 16. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things. Here it is, but associate with the humble or associate with the lowly, all right? Do not be wise in your own opinion, okay? So check this out, this garment that Jesus was wearing. I'm gonna read this from my notes, but this is what Jesus was modeling. Jesus is the most gifted and talented man that ever lived and will ever live. But look what he did with his anointing his talent, his influence, and his authority, okay? The garment laid aside would have been the outer garment. I kind of referenced this before, but I'm gonna read it from my notes, which would impede his action, leaving only the tunic, or tunic, tunic, which was the ordinary dress of a servant. This suggests that the outer garment is what signified his authority, his anointing. If you notice in the scriptures, garments represent anointing. The Bible says the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Elijah, right, um, uh, gave uh, Elisha his mantle. He's like, if you see me when, I, when you go, um, you can have this anointing, a double portion. If you don't see me, then you won't have it, right? And then, man, he, he got his that, that, that mantle, and he struck the sea and parted, struck the water, right? I mean, bam, it was just, the, the, that anointing was passed to the next generation. It's a mantle. And so mantles um, represent anointing, authority, um, represent even, like in a sense, a spiritual office, right? But Jesus, it, it, you know, metaphorically took off that mantle, that authority, that which represented his authority, took it off, hung it up, and served. Okay, so this suggests that the outer garment is what signified his authority. Our position of authority and influence in this world will get in the way of us effectively serving others. I mean, this world is created in such a way, if you have influence and authority, what happens? I mean, in any sector, even in the church world, once you have authority, once you have influence, once you're revered or honored, what happens? Everybody serves you, right? 
Isn't that right? Come on now. I mean, people with a lot of money, guess what they do? They pay for other people to do their laundry and to do their dishes. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm sure most people watching this right now wouldn't mind if they could pay for somebody to do all that. You know what I'm saying? Um, but but that, that's just the way this world works. But in the kingdom, it's different. The, the, the kingdom's different. The more authority you have, the more you should serve. Come on, Jesus modeled this. Jesus modeled this. Look at somebody in authority serving doesn't take away honor. It doesn't take away honor. I think we have, can I be honest with you? I believe in the church world a little bit. We've used honor so other people will serve me. We must remove the thing that impedes the ability to serve others. We must remove the thing that impedes our ability to serve others. And some things, the very authority God has given you, the very position and office and grace God has given you many times because of the way this world is, that can get in the very way of you serving people. Jesus had on an outer garment, uh, which very well could have represented the fact that he's a rabbi, that kind of thing. And he had to remove that uh, so he could effectively get down and dirty and serve, all right? Um, you know, when you're doing any kind of physical activity, you know, you ever see somebody with a sports coat on and they gotta kind of get a ladder and do something and they gotta take that, that mantle off so they can actually do something. So let's not get all caught up in the position, the, uh, the operate in your authority. Jesus said, look, this is who I am. I know who I am, but serving these disciples is more important than my position, right? Like this, my, I'm not gonna allow my authority and who I am to be the excuse for not serving people and doing something dirty, doing something menial, okay, menial. Menial, the word menial, it actually means serve, okay? Menial, all right? So, so people matter more than, than my status, my position, etc. My identity is not based on what I do. My identity is not in my calling, my, the anointing, the grace, the, the, the authority, the position, the title. It is my identity isn't in that because I got to hang that thing up and serve somebody. Somebody say, man, you got to hang that thing up and serve somebody. Come on now. In the kingdom of God, we don't use our authority, right, to, to, to leverage. We don't leverage our authority to get people to serve us. Come on now. We leverage our authority so we can serve others. That's what we do. That's what, a, in the kingdom of God, this thing is, it's different. It's different. It's not the same. It's not the same. People matter more than our status, okay? So once again, secure people serve people well. Secure people serve people well. Secure people aren't caught up in their position, caught up in, you know, this is, you know, uh, you know I'm pastor so-and-so. Pastor, yeah, you know? I, I, I don't even, personally, I know what I'm called to do. I know the responsibility on my life, but I don't feel the need to introduce myself to everybody as pastor. I'll be honest with you, I wish my wife called me pastor at home more often. The only time she calls me pastor is when I'm acting a fool and saying something sideways and she goes, Pastor Sean, so, you know what I'm saying? So, so really in our home, the position and title is a, is a reminder of that I should be acting right. Somebody say amen. 
So, so our authority in the kingdom is more about grace and responsibility, not my identity. Jesus, help us, Lord. Somebody say, help me, Jesus. All right, check it out real quick. Real quick, I'm gonna give you a little, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna nerd out on early church history a little bit. I've been studying early church history, um, first few centuries of the church. But um, in early church history, there was no identifiable way to know what it, who a leader was in the early church. I'm talking first, second, third century. It was in, into the fourth century, the th- early 300s. You could, the only way you would know is if you knew, if you knew. There's no identifiable way of, of, of recognizing spiritual authority, even the Apostle Paul. There was no identifiable way to recognize the Apostle Paul and early church leaders. Um, the only way you recognize their authority was the grace and anointing on their life and the responsibility they carried. That was the two things that signified them. Number one, grace. Number two, responsibility. There were no garments, you know what I'm saying? So the garments and the vestments that religious people wear didn't come until Constantine came into power. And those vestments that separated those in authority from those that were under their authority, actually that was from uh, the Roman Empire. It's how the Roman Empire operated. It was how the world operated. They wanted people to know who was authority. Uh, that that it was just signification of power. Even when they started to build churches as a result of Constantine's influence and the influence of the Roman Empire, they started to separate the seating and put, hey, the the congregation sits here, but the leaders sit over here. And they wear it and they sit on this type, almost they were kind of setting up thrones up on the stage. I mean, that's that was a pagan um, type of way of recognizing authority in the various pagan temples. And that's what they did in the church. So in the early church, authority was represented by obvious anointing and grace and weight of responsibility. Somebody say serve. That's what they did. They were, we are as spiritual leaders, as Apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers, elders, bishops, overseers, right? All that spiritual authority represented in the scripture. Um, they are anointed and graced to serve people. There is, there is no other identification of spiritual authority in the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You got you to gotta lay that title down. That, that title is not your identity. I'm telling you, you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the title is just so people know um, who's in charge, who, who's responsible up in here. All right, here we go. Let's move on. Let's move on. John chapter, okay, 13 verse six. Let's move on. Then he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Why? He's an authority. He's an authority. He's a rabbi. He's a master teacher. And, 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 and Peter's like, are you washing my feet? Because you, you're not supposed to do this. Other kind of people do this. Other people do this. Come on now. Jesus? Messiah? Yeshua HaMashiach? Jesus, the anointed one? You took off your outer garment? And you let your tunic on? You look, Jesus, you look like a servant right now. 
You're positioning yourself like a bond slave right now. You can wash my feet. Verse seven, Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Here is my second point. This is what serving says. You're not here for me. I'm here for you. That's what serving is. And if you're not securing your identity, it is very hard to walk into an environment and say, you're not here for me. I'm here for you. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. I, you're not here for me. I'm here for you. This is Jesus. This is the Christ. He said, look, you, ain't, you don't understand this right now, but you will after this. Peter's like, man, we, I, I thought I was here for you. Yet in this context, when you are gifted and talented and have influence, you show up. They're not here for you. You are here for them. All right, and check this out. Guess what? Judas was up in there. Judas Iscariot was up in there. The Bible says that, that, that Satan entered his heart. And guess what? Jesus got down and washed that man's feet. This dude's about to betray me. Devil entered his heart. And Jesus still served him. It takes a secure man or woman to serve people that you know there's ill intent and motive against you. Telling you, identity matters, okay? So the condition or motive of the person does not determine whether we serve them or not. I'm talking about the kingdom now. The condition or motive of the person, malintent, deception, manipulation, that does not change the fact that we choose to serve them. Okay, so serving is doing the mundane, the unpleasant, and even base things for others. And I know, uh, you know, some of us in, in Christian circles, sometimes we say, well, we serve with the word. You know, I study and I get it. But, but if your authority or influence has, a, has extracted all mundane, unpleasant base activity from your life, you are missing, you are missing it. You are missing it. Sometimes we like to classify our serving. Well, I serve this way. You know what I'm saying? I, you, but Jesus, here's Jesus now. Jesus, I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the preeminent one. I'm talking about through him all things consist. I'm talking about the word that was in the beginning with God that, that is God. Come on now. I'm talking about this in this context, the soon to be resurrected savior of the, of the world. And yet he did the mundane. He wasn't like, you know, I, I, I'm going to go pray and I serve the word. No, he got down, literally served them in a very practical way. Okay, so serving is doing mundane. It, it, you're, we're we're going to miss God if, if, if our success or influence has extracted mundane. I'm telling you, the happiest marriages, I'm telling you, We've, I've talked to some married folks, the happiest, is, the happiest marriages are those made up of two people that live to serve that other person. Whether that's laundry, cooking, washing dishes, come on somebody, back rubs, whatever it is. I'm telling you, the most successful homes are made up of people that live to serve one another. And this is the, this is the point here, folks. We all have a desire to be served. We're created that way. 
and we all were created to serve, okay? So we were all created to be served. There's, we, there's nothing wrong with desiring that because that's how we connect, okay? That's how we connect, all right? Um, in here, you know, it talks about how um, if I don't watch you, you have no part of me. So, so Jesus told him, look, if I don't do this, you have no part of me. That this is how we connect. I'm telling you the reason why the church is not effective in the place it is, it is, is because that church has not served the community. They're not connected. That's how we connect. That's what we do. We don't, we're, God doesn't put us in a neighborhood or a community so we can be a parasite. We're there to serve. It's how we connect. Jesus says, if you don't let me do this, I'm no part of you. And that, 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 that's, our, that's our heart as a church, right? We want to serve the people of our community, serve one another. All right? Um, my wife loves a good breakfast, okay? Like, she's like, the way to my heart is a good breakfast. Guess what I did this morning, folks? Took her to a good breakfast. She loved it. She was just smiling. She was happy. I mean, and it, I mean, she, you know, you might think, man, that's pretty easy to please. It sure is, right? But I, I mean, I just, good breakfast, right? And for us, when it says continental, that ain't breakfast, right? Uh, for In the Mandoli household, bagels and yogurt is not breakfast. Can I get an amen, somebody? Okay, so that, that's what you call a snack on the go, okay? But breakfast is something different, right? You got eggs, you got some sort of meat going on, maybe a little waffles, some fruit, and some good tea. And I hooked her up in this spot. They, gave, they brought this big old thing of tea. It's like this pressed tea container, almost her own kind of uh, teapot. And, and it was just some quality English breakfast tea. I mean, the woman is happy. I mean, this was hours ago in recording this. She's still happy. Right, she called me afterwards. Says thank you for breakfast. But this is the point: is we there's something that we desire to, and we what did we do? We connected. I served her. I mean, I didn't serve the food. Went to a restaurant. I paid for it. But you know what I'm saying? I set it up. Set it up. So we all need, and I hear it. We all need to be served, and we all need to serve. It's not about our identity. What I do. It's, it's, if this is the way of the master to serve one another. So we were created to connect through serving and being served. All right, here we go. Here's my next point. My next point is this. Jesus is in the middle of the mundane. That's where he was. I mean, he's in the middle. Don't ever, um, uh, not see Jesus in the mundane. Don't ever think because it's mundane, God's not in it. Don't ever think just the, the daily grind of life and serving people and your, your spouse or your family and just even the things that just don't feel good that aren't, you know, it's not, it's not just quote unquote like the, the process of it, it's not pleasurable just because it doesn't feel good or it's kind of can maybe be 
kind of frustrating or like, what am I doing? I'm telling you right here, Jesus was in the middle of the menial and the mundane. Don't take away. That's where God is. That's what God is doing. God just isn't in some um, hoopla event with with um, with a, a light show and smoke machines and and just what you know. What I'm saying Jesus, God just doesn't dwell on the mountaintops of life. He dwells in the shadows of the mundane of of of, of life when you uh, sacrifice uh, for others and serve one another. Amen. Don't get your identity wrapped up in that because you're going to be like. You know, uh, you get you discouraged. Is this all that I am? Is this all that I do? I mean, um, I believe at times even like breakthrough or success or the, these mountaintop things can almost be overrated because um, God just isn't there. He is in the valley. He's in the process. He's he he's in the day to day. I mean, isn't that his name? Like Emmanuel, God with us, that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I will never leave you nor forsake you just because the environment is tough and the situation, you, you know, it, it, you're, you're sacrificing for somebody. You're, you're kind of, it's kind of, you feel like maybe then it's killing my time. It's like, man, I'm telling you, God is in it. Jesus is in the middle of the mundane. Let's look at verse 12. And when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I've done to you? Verse 13, uh, you call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, you say, well. Mm -mm -mm. Hallelujah, for so I am. I was just meditating on that. You call me teacher and Lord, you say, well, for so I am. Those are titles, capital T, capital L. Yeah, I am that. What I just did doesn't take away from who I am. Just, uh, I place myself as a servant. That, that's not who, you know what I'm saying? That doesn't change my identity. I actually use, I leverage this authority, this identity I have with the Father. I, I use that to serve you. Hallelujah. Verse 13, you call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. So I am. I know who I am. Jesus, like, I know I look at, praise God. God's not suffering from low self-esteem. God is not having an identity crisis. You know what I'm saying? He knows who he is. So I am. Verse 14, if I then, if I then, your Lord and teacher, I know who I am. I know my authority. I know where I came from. I know where I'm going. I've washed your feet. You also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example. All right, so power and authority in the kingdom of God is given for the purpose of serving others. I'm gonna say it again. Power and authority in the kingdom of God is given for the purpose of serving others. Don't get it twisted. Don't get, don't get that worldly spirit upon you. That when you have success and authority and influence, that you are the one to be served. It's not of God. Come on, somebody. Jesus said, I did not come to, serve, to, to be served. I came to serve. The creator of the universe the one that always was, the one that fills all things and in him all things consist, the one that contains all things but is contained by nothing. The Bible says that he became, he placed himself as a servant. Come on now. He, he humbled himself to the point of death on the cross. 
Hallelujah. But I've given you an example that you should do as I've done to you. I've given you an example. I've shown you this is how we do it. An example, an example. This is what example means in the Greek. It's a pattern or model given for the purpose of imitation or warning. I'm going to read it again. This is what he's saying. I've given you an example. What is he saying? You guys, this is the pattern of what ministry is. This is the pattern of what the Christian life is. This is the pattern of what it means. Jesus is saying, if you identify with me, this is how we do it. The pattern, a model given for the purpose of imitation. Imitate me. Imitate that. Do that. Do what I just did. Do that. Live that way. Imitation or warning. It actually has a strong connotation, this Greek word example for warning. Like you got to watch out for this. Don't let the world creep in. Don't let that spirit of the world creep in. Don't let that selfish, self-consuming, self-exalting spirit creep in to even your life. If if even those that here are listening are called to ministry. Hallelujah. Most assuredly, I say to you, verse 16, most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. This is how I did it. This is how you do it. Nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Hallelujah. Jesus is in the middle of the mundane. And here is my last point, folks. Serving is our position. It's our position. This is how Jesus positioned himself. Look at serving is an act of the will. Serving is like worship. I choose. Serving in the kingdom, it can't be forced or it's not serving. Same with worship. Serving really is an act of worship to God. And so serving is our position. It is how I choose to position myself. It's actually one of the core values of Hopeland Church. You know, when when I meet with our leaders, and, and, and as I'm teaching them once a week on leadership, um, going through our leadership playbook, one of our core values is serving is our position. It is how we choose to position ourselves. I really hope that this, this word ministered to you and encouraged you in the true basis of our identity is in God. And when that is secure, When we have that relationship with him, serving flows right out of that. Serving flows right out of that. I'm telling you, more than ever, my wife and I, when we really were talking about this message um, and and what we wanted to start to preach near the end of the summer and kind of go into really every, the gray areas and what we've been talking about uh, really in our heart is, man, we need to really go into um, identity. It's so important. And, and many of the things we talked about up to this point was just about these false identities, right? Um, and today, I know we kind of touched on it a bit as far as talent and gift, but really even doing the, the good things, the things God's called us to do, the, 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 the holy things of God, like serving others is, 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 is a good thing. It's, 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 it's the heart of God, right? But, but even in that, even just, in doing that, in, in pursuing God, in serving others, 
right? Whether it's your personal life, your, 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 your inner circle of relationships, your family, your local church, whatever. It's so important that identity is secure or it just won't happen. Or if it does, it's not right. We start to get bitter or offended because we did it for one. and They're not giving, they're not doing what we did for them. And that right there is not kingdom type serving. That's not Christ type serving because we all know that Jesus washed a betrayer's feet and Jesus didn't walk away from that moment offended or bitter by him. Jesus was able to serve the people, serve people un, unto God and, and keep himself unspotted by that. Why? Because his identity wasn't based on what he did for others. His identity was not based on their response of what they did, what he did for them. You know, he... This is under God. All right, we serve not for identity. We serve from our identity in Christ. Somebody say amen. Okay, so let me pray for you guys. I want to pray for you before we before we uh, um, move on with our gathering here. So, so Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name. I pray God that everybody that has heard. Uh, Lord, that my prayer, God, is that they would they will fulfill everything you've called them to do, that they would serve others as you have mandated, as you have called us. It is you, Jesus, in us. It is Christ in us, longing to serve humanity. But Lord, as they venture out, as they um, go into all the world and, and serve those in their world, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that they in the process of doing that would keep their identity fixed on you alone, God. I pray that they'd be established and settled in their identity of Christ in them and their relationship with you, God. And I pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.